Besides, we gotta get to the police. Maybe Chunk already got to the police. Maybe Chunk is dead. Don't say that. Never say that. Goonies never say die. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries <laughs> podcast. Oh, my gosh. I bet you thought uh, we were never coming oh, back. God, we were dead. Welcome to season six of the Black Ace Diaries. <laughs> we're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Robin. I'm here with Marcy and Adam. Yay. Hey. Summertime is all about adventure. So this August, we're bringing <laughs> you three episodes filled with pirates, treasures, and some serious swashbuckling. It's Adventure August. <laughs> yes. Dude. Don't you love it? Don't you love the themes? <laughs> I love the themes. Beautiful. You know, we were planning the episodes ahead because this we're actually recording this a little earlier than we usually record an episode. Yeah. yeah. By the time you hear this, Adam will be married. <gasps> yeah. Actually, yeah. this is a big deal. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's so Ooh. soon. <laughs> yeah. When we were planning this out, we were like, no, we don't need themes. We don't need themes. <laughs> we're done with the alliteration. And then we yeah. said, we'll come up with three episodes for August and they were all adventure themed. We said, wow. All Adventure right. August it is. <laughs> we so, must continue. Yes. That's right. Yeah, it's just kind of it's just how we think yeah. now. We yeah. can't we can't break out of it. We'll we'll get out of it soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> we decided to start our month off strong with an episode on my Robin me. Yeah. My favorite movie. All right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Woo. Now, we've been doing this show for almost 3 years. And why have we waited so long to cover something that <laughs> we really like? I mean, we yeah. obviously love. Uh, it's because this movie is so special that we were a little nervous that we wouldn't do it justice. Yeah. yeah. Originally, the first episode of this month was going to be something totally different. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, what yeah. it was, because we will do that episode at some yeah. point. Yes, we will. But with the passing of Richard Donner, we decided it was finally time to visit Astoria and hunt for gold with the Goonies. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm wearing my Goonies shirt right now. Oh, my gosh. Oh, nice. Back in the 1980s, Steven Spielberg was the unofficial king of Hollywood, maybe even the, the official king of I mean, Hollywood. I mean, close to. After directing and or producing classics like Jaws, E.T., and Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was clear that the man had a good mind for stories. Legend has it that Spielberg came up with the idea from one very simple question. What kind of adventure could a group of bored kids get into on a rainy day? He brought the concept to Chris Columbus, the screenwriter responsible for Gremlins. Columbus devised a story about a lovable group of misfits, best friends that are about to lose their homes and be separated. All hope is seemingly lost until they discover a treasure map and embark on a dangerous quest to find the legendary gold of famed pirate One-Eyed Willie and save their neighborhood. That's right. It sounds so adventurous already. Yes, yes, it is. You can like hear the music already. Oh, yeah. man. Dum, dum, ba -dum, dum, ba -dum, ba -dum. <laughs> there is no doubt that The Goonies has a lasting appeal. It's one of the most popular films of the 1980s, garnering an intense cult following that only grows with each generation. It was a story with everything. Action, romance, comedy, the mob... Friendship, <laughs> pirates, a sweeping score, and motivational speeches. Every kid knows the feeling of being stuck inside on a rainy day, longing for adventure. This film defined so many childhoods because it flawlessly captures what it means to be a kid and allowed children everywhere to live out the fantasy of going on an adventure of a lifetime, all while outwitting the bad guys 
and having the power to solve their own problems. It's a very 80s lesson that lots of 80s movies like to teach. Yeah. Steven Spielberg knew exactly what kids wanted to see. Mm -hmm. He knew exactly what kids wanted. Yeah. And so did Chris Columbus, I think, and so did Richard Donner. (laughs) And so, you know, what they did was they basically gave kids everything they would have ever wanted. Yeah. And showed it to them. Yeah. You know, and and there's there's parts of the movie that are a little scary, parts that are a little bad, a little naughty, you know. And things that, like, would have been bad if you did them in real life. But mm-hmm. watching other kids do it, it was kind of like, oh, cool. That's cool. Yeah. I wish I could do that, you know? <laughs> like, what do kids want more than anything? Mm-hmm. They want control. And yep. these kids are facing a problem that is 100% out of their control. Even yeah. their parents can't solve this problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the older brother is trying to convince his younger brother, this is it, dude, like, we're moving. We're we've mm-hmm. lost our house. We're yeah. losing our friends. And he's just kind of like, "No, no, no. We'll find a way. It'll be okay." And they actually do. And that's yeah. such a a great kid thing, you know? Kids see that and they it makes them inspired and excited cuz it's like, "Dude, yes. We can fix it. We can fix the problem. All we need is billions of dollars worth of ancient gold." <laughs> that's all you need. And then we'll be fine. <laughs> So let's follow the map to the history of this 1980s treasure and unlock the gold that is the Goonies. That's yeah. right. Yeah, this movie. Never timbers. Yes, this movie has everything. I loved this movie so much as a kid. I had a few siblings. I didn't have like as many as Marcy, but I had a few. <laughs> and we were kind of a weird, misfitty kind of group of kids, me and my siblings. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the feeling of the Goonies in the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're working class. They're from, all from working class families, obviously. You know, they don't have a lot of stuff. They, you know, are facing real troubles. Mm-hmm. You know, their yeah. parents are facing problems and it's, you know, affecting the children and they're having to deal with that. And so it, uh, we related to this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. And especially the relationships between the characters and the way we like treated each other. So this movie was really special, and and when I was growing up, I was allowed to watch all kinds of things that Marcy was not allowed to watch. <laughs> yes, fact. Classic. Yeah. When we were in fourth grade, we they were showing two movies in the last day of school, and one was The Parent Trap mm-hmm. with Lindsay Lohan. Oh, boy. Yeah. And the other one was The Goonies. Yes. And because Marcy's mom... Wouldn't let her watch the Goonies. Yeah, because we had to have parental slip signed. Yes. And I remember because I really wanted her to see this movie. And it was the only option I had. Marcy's mom, we asked her, or Marcy asked her, and her response was, no goons. No goons. (laughs) No No goons. goons. (laughs) No goons. Can't watch a movie with goons. I don't think she had any understanding of what the movie was. (laughs) She's talking about, like, goblins. Probably. Like, probably. I don't know, but it just, it was so funny. Because at the time, I was really upset about it, but my parents thought it was hilarious. Oh, yeah. They would say that all the time. (laughs) No goons. No goons. No goons for you. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I made the ultimate sacrifice. She did. And watched The Parent Trap with Marcy (laughs) instead of The Goonies. Which was, I think, probably the first time I saw The Parent Trap as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but when you're, you know, it was a win win for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, is it really a win, though? It was true. (laughs) It was a big deal. The whole thing was quite a quite a quite a deal. Yeah. All right. So for those of you who haven't seen this movie, 
as we say a lot of the time, please go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's good. It's on HBO Max. Aha. Uh-huh. There you go. Easy enough. But for those of you left behind, here's a summary. It's a rainy Saturday in the Goondocks, a neighborhood in Astoria, Oregon. A group of friends that call themselves the Goonies gather at their friends Mikey and Brand's house. It's the last weekend they will spend together, as their houses will soon be foreclosed on and demolished to make way for a country club. The worst! (laughs) Desperate for something to do, the kids explore the attic, filled with treasures from the local museum where Mikey's father worked as a curator. Among other treasures, the kids stumble upon a treasure map and decide to follow it to the famed treasure of One-Eyed Willie. Ye intruders beware. Crushing death and grief, soaked with blood of the trespassing thief. You guys, this map is old news. Everybody and their grandfather went looking for that when our parents were our age. I mean, I mean, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What's his name? The pirate guy, One-Eyed Willie. Yay! On the way, the Goonies come across bullies, booby traps, and a notorious crime family named the Fratellis, who also have their eye on the treasure. Yeah! Oh, dude, this movie is an adventure movie. It's a romance movie. It's coming of age. Yes. It's a teen comedy. Mm -hmm. It's a mob movie somehow. (laughs) It's an episode of The Sopranos. (laughs) (laughs) Who decide to try to find the treasure at this very time. Yes, yes. It's it's a lot of different things. For sure. For sure, yeah. You know, and I know that there are some things in this movie that have not aged well. And some things that, you know, aren't great. You know, but it's again, you know, it's the 80s. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the making of this fantastic movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when are we going to have stingers? I mean, yeah. I mean um, you know? next season, yeah. season okay, seven. Cool. All right. Got it. Look forward to it. <laughs> After Steven Spielberg and Chris Columbus pitched their idea for The Goonies, the film was greenlit with a budget of $19 million. Wow. Pretty good. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. Like we said already, Steven Spielberg had some serious pull, so the talent behind the film was enough to earn a sizable budget. Aha. Yeah. Aha. He's why. He's the reason. He's the reason. Chris Columbus already had a hit with Gremlins, which is referenced in The Goonies. Yeah. He would go on to write and direct many more successful films in the years to come. Even though Columbus credits Spielberg with the original concept for The Goonies, it was his imagination that birthed iconic lines like, Goonies never say die, which undoubtedly helped make the film a classic. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. You need stuff oh, yeah. like that. That is the line. That's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it. <laughs> Columbus originally planned to set the film in Ohio, where Son he grew up. Yeah, Ohio! Look at that Ohio! But you know what? It's not nearly as beautiful. As where this movie don't, takes place. Don't yeah. hate on Ohio. I'm not hating yeah. on it. I'm just saying it's not <laughs> as pretty. Being realistic in that. Columbus lived in a small factory town where there was not a lot to do. All he wanted to do was get out of that town. He and his friends would go into the abandoned coal mines to search for treasure. And I think that's really interesting because like, the movie originally was much more driven about like leaving yes. the Goombas. Right, right. Which is the opposite. 
in yeah. this movie. Really, they're <laughs> trying to stay there. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to save their home. So it's really interesting that that, yeah. you know, that was part of the inspiration was living in a place that's like, you know, kind of a dead end town. Right. Interesting. And yeah. but here, yeah, they they want to live there forever. I wonder if it was, you know, it would have been more more like a Stand By Me kind of movie mm-hmm. oh, if yeah. they had gone that way, more of like a saying goodbye growing up kind yeah. of movie. Mm-hmm. But in this case, they're just like, nah, nah, treasure, magic, yeah, friendship. <laughs> Richard Donner, the man responsible for the hit Superman films of the 1970s, was chosen to direct. Yeah. What a, what a good choice. Starting in the fall of 1984, Donner generally shot the film in order of continuity. Of course, it would be impossible to do the film this way in its entirety because of the combination of shots done on location and the ones in studio. If you remember from our E.T. episode, Spielberg also shot that film in this way. It's a great way to shoot with kids because it helps them understand the story and it builds genuine relationships that they can build off of in ending scenes. Yeah, so when the movie's almost done, and you're getting those really heavy moments. Yeah. You know, they're more genuine because the kids have spent a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And so they you know, have formed that relationship. And Because Steven Spielberg was passionate about the film, he was a hands-on producer, often appearing on set. Some felt that he should have been named co-director, but others say that Donner was in charge. The two men had known each other for a long time, Donner being an older director. Some have speculated that Donner didn't enjoy having Spielberg on the set as often as he did. But Donner himself said in the making of documentary that he happened to love it because Spielberg is the biggest kid of them all. I love the way he says this in the documentary. He was like, yeah, you know, I'm walking around the set, you know, I've got Spielberg on my shoulder the entire, looking over my shoulder the entire time. (laughs) Which I happen to love because, and it was just like, <laughs> it initially did sound yeah. kind of like a negative thing. Like, yeah. Which, which I happen to love, by the way, because. Like, it, it's a being sarcastic, but then. Maybe, maybe he, like, played it back in his head and he's like, oh, maybe that sounds too mean. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was pretty funny. Aw. There were two scenes that were reportedly directed by Spielberg. They were the scenes in the wishing well when Mikey makes his iconic speech and the scene where the kids bang on the pipes beneath the country club. So let's talk about these scenes for a second. Yeah. So I don't know for certain if Spielberg actually directed these. Okay. I've heard people say it in audio commentaries, but then people will say, well, no, he directed like a take of it. Right. You know, ah. that take might not have been used. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So who really knows? The scene with the pipes is odd. It's a very quirky thing yeah and it stands out a little bit and i I like it because they're banging on these pipes underneath the country club because they're trying to let everybody know like hey we're down here yeah (laughs) we don't really know how we're gonna like get back right (laughs) the country club goes bonkers them just like banging on pipes this is a very three stooges there's a Mm -hmm. three stooges episode where this exact thing's happened they're they're banging on pipes and like so faucets are now leaving walls and things it doesn't make any sense at all and yeah, and so this this scene is very odd, and this also is one of those stick it to the rich guy. Yeah, I think right. Spielberg might have a thing for probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's from Ohio. That's true. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is from Ohio, by the yes. way. Yes, because Ohio's cool, guys. And and it's filled with poor people who are having their houses foreclosed on. <laughs> for sounds rich, about right. For no. rich country clubs. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the iconic scene in the wishing well is like that's one of those moments that makes this movie yeah the goonies and it yes. makes it so special yeah i don't think i would ever even have considered being at the bottom of a wishing well yeah. ever yeah. in my yeah. life when Same. i was a kid yeah yeah mm-hmm. and it's this really nice moment because initially the kids are like we did it like we we did it we found we found enough money to save um, which yeah. imagine if they tried that right oh my God. imagine oh, if they coins. rolled up yeah. to the bank <laughs> Which is quarters. Quarters and nickels and dimes and pennies. (laughs) It's this wonderful moment because they have a chance to kind of, quote unquote, take the easy way out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Steph kind of tells them, no, you can't do this. These are people's wishes. These represent Mm -hmm. wishes and dreams. And we can't take other people's dreams. And I think that it's just such a cool thing because obviously we have the country club Mm -hmm. and obviously what they're doing is taking away people's dreams. Yes. Right. And they have the option of leaving. They have the option of being done. Like this was fun and all, but we can head on out. The bully, Troy, and I think this is one of one of his last moments in the movie that we see him. He offers to pull them up with the bucket because he's interested in Andy. Let's put it that way and this is when mikey gives his iconic speech our parents they want the best of stuff for us but right now they gotta do what's right for them because it's their time their time up there down here it's our time it's our time down here down here it's our time up there it's their time but down here and you're as a kid Oh, you're like you're so hell right. yeah you are yeah. you were just like you're like pumping your fists like hell yeah <laughs> along with the influences from columbus and spielberg richard donner certainly left his mark on the film as well he is credited with taking a wild storyline that uniquely navigates several movie genres and making it a cohesive film he also added classic influences like the rube goldberg style traps and machines that frequently appear in the film I love that ah, stuff. Yes. I, I love the weird, that stuff and all the stuff that Data carries with him. He like crafted it up together. Yeah. So it's all yeah. these like weirdly just scrambled together things. Yes. One of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing about it being different genres, this is yeah. something that I, I've seen a lot of people talk about because it is really weird. Yeah. Movies like this will not come out now. It'd be, mm-hmm. right. it, it, wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't happen. And the reason that people like it so much is it, it feels like you're a kid. Yeah. Making this up. Yeah. And you know, when a kid is making up a story, they don't mm-hmm. stick to the, it's uninhibited. No, right, don't stick right. to one. Yeah, they don't stick yeah. to one genre. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. It's like they don't they yeah. don't think about it. They're yeah. not mm-hmm. well, I better stick to one genre. Yeah. Who's my audience? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> you know, an eleven year old doesn't think about that. <laughs> no. Among Donner's greatest achievements was his ability to direct a mischievous band of young actors who were consistently playing pranks and falling into laughing fits on set. Although he was frequently frustrated with the kids fumbling their scenes, they were always able to make him laugh, and he found ways to bring out the best in their performances. He was so frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. I think he handled it so well. Mm -hmm. And For example, Sean Astin has said that during the scene where he first tells the story of One-Eyed Willie, he wasn't given lines to memorize. Instead, Donner told him the story and had Aston repeat it back as best as he could. The result was a much more kid-like retelling of the story that any adult might not have been able to write. 
Oh. Yeah. So, you know, when he's telling the story, that's actually just him telling the story. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, because if if it was lines to memorize, it would have been a lot more polished and a lot yeah. more, mm-hmm. you know. That's great. Yeah. yeah. In the making of documentary on the DVD, Donner says, it is the most difficult thing I have ever thought I was going to get into. I never anticipated what it was going to be like. Because individually, they are wonderful. They're nuts. They're the warmest, craziest things that have ever come into my life. But in a composite form, you get them all together and it's mind blowing. <laughs> Later on, he said, I've never had kids, but at that moment, they were mine. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is really sweet because it's very reminiscent of Steven Spielberg directing E.T. Yeah. You right. Know? And, yeah. And that was kind of how he felt. And yeah, it's really fun. You see kind of the footage from behind the scenes and him interacting with the kids because they are always messing with him the whole time. But he, you know, he really handles it pretty well. Especially if you've done movies before and you know how things are supposed to go or you yeah. understand, like, this is how it needs to go to be mm-hmm. smooth and yeah. Yeah. meet our deadlines and stuff. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh, kids. <laughs> I mean, because he, he had done the Superman movies. Right. right. So yeah. that's all pretty much adults. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of the five months, the kids were a grumpy, squabbling bunch. Donner was thankful to finally take his vacation after the film had wrapped getting a much-needed break from the kids. According to Steven Spielberg, Donner frequently mentioned during his last weeks of shooting that he couldn't wait to head to Hawaii and get a break. Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, Spielberg thought it would be funny to put all the kids on a flight to Hawaii. Oh, (laughs) no! Arriving before Donner. By the time the director arrived at his vacation home, they were all standing in his living room. Oh my god. Martha Plimpton, who played Steph in the film, said that Donner fell to his knees when he saw the kids. <laughs> oh my god. That is yes. horrific. It's so mean. It's such an dastardly scheme. Oh my and gosh. That makes for such a funny story. Oh my god. Oh my god. So mean. Though. Oh my god! He said they were jumping around. I hope they didn't like stay. <laughs> they did. Oh yeah. No, they yeah, didn't. they like hung out for a yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh. From what I from what I gathered, like they weren't there for his whole vacation. <laughs> no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Like, could you? But imagine? he couldn't just kick him out. Yeah, like, I know. Just That's be like, true. Okay, funny, but get out. <laughs> That's true. But like, yeah. could you imagine if like <laughs> surprise your whole vacation has these kids with us? Like, <gasps> oh my god. Some of the Goonies was shot in the same location where the film takes place, Astoria, Oregon. In a 2019 interview with the YouTube channel Beyond the Backlot, Donner recalled scouting out the location for the movie. When they first saw Astoria, they knew that they wouldn't find anything better. The house used in the film is a real home, perfectly placed at the top of a hill, giving the audience a clear view of the small town. The house is privately owned and off-limits to fans, as any regular person would not want strangers constantly standing in their yard. Oh, man. I know some people are sad yeah. that they can't go visit the Goonies house. Yeah. But it is a privately owned residence. Yes. Somebody it, really it lives home. there. Yeah. But I totally believe that it's a real house because in the movie, it just, you know, this, there's no way this is a set. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you can see out the windows to the rest of the town. Like, yeah. the, it yeah. just feels lived in. Yep. You know, it's, cool, it's perfect. It? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how real it feels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so fun, isn't mm-hmm. it? I think that was something that Richard Donner was so proud of was how real this movie was. Yeah. Yeah. Other parts of the film were filmed on location along the coast of Cannon Beach, Bodega Bay, Ecola State Park. But the majority of the film was filmed on sound stages at Warner Brothers Studios. Then it was called Burbank Studios. It was there on stage 16, the largest stage on the lot, that production designer J. Michael Riva and the rest of the production crew built a full-scale pirate ship. Originally, the plan was to build portions of the ship and film the scenes in segments, but Riva's vision brought One-Eyed Willie's ship, the Inferno, to life. The set piece was remarkably big and completely real, complete with several levels and full-scale masts. That is outrageous. Yeah. Insane. This was a masterpiece. Yes. The Absolutely. Inf- yeah, the Inferno was like Incredible. the gold standard. And and when the movie wrapped, Spielberg yeah. and Donner tried so hard to get yeah. somebody to somebody take it. Somebody to take it. Uh, and and nobody couldn't. did, so they had to demolish it. Yeah. No. Which yep. I think is unbelievably yeah. sad. Richard Donner wanted to capture the true reactions of the kids when they saw the ship for the first time. So the set was off limits until it was time to shoot the scenes with the Inferno. In the scene, the kids are seeing the ship for the first time. It's real movie magic. When they did do this, and this is so funny to me, because yes. it, there are scenes where, they're in the commentary, Corey Feldman swears up and down <laughs> that he saw he, he saw the ship before they were supposed to see it. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, no, you didn't. And he, and even Richard Donner was like, mm-hmm. no, no, there's nope. no way. Yeah. There's no way you did. And it, he's so proud. Aww. And he was just so excited for the kids to see yes. it. And when they did film it, yeah, Josh Brolin cursed, I think, when they came in. He wanted real reactions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I think they still use that take. They yeah. just don't show his face. Ah. Uh-huh. And cut out the audio. <laughs> yeah. They ADR'd a lot of audio yeah. for this movie. I think I would say almost all the audio for the last 30 yeah. minutes of the movie because there's so much rushing water. Mm-hmm. There's so much. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they had to. Yeah. Yeah. Special effects in the 1980s were very different from the effects of today. What? (laughs) Really? The Goonies is filled with marvelous practical effects. For example, the bats in the film were a combination of animatronics and paper mache. The gasoline and fire at the very beginning of the film were also real. The blender that the Fratellis threatened to put Chunk's hand in was a real blender but with a rubber blade, uh, though he was still very scary. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. still hurt. This, he said a stuntman came over and like put his hand near it while it was running mm-hmm. and was like, look, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. He's like, still no, it's matter. not. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still way still, too scared. Yeah. During a scene where Andy must play the correct chords on a piano, the kids were all cabled to a platform 10 feet in the air. On the DVD commentary, they swore it was more like 30 feet. <laughs> it was very cute. They were Aww. like, oh, my God, I remember this. We're like 30 feet off the ground. That, that tunnel's real. Like, that ledge is real. Uh, yeah. And they all say that. And Richard Donner goes, would you believe 10 feet? Because 10 feet's a what lot more was. accurate yeah. to what, what it was actually like. They're like, no, no, it was. He was like, no, you that's, were small. 
That's so cute, though. That, yeah, it made it so real for them. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the most complicated effects had to do with the character Sloth and the moving prosthetics under his makeup. The makeup took several hours to apply and had to be reapplied many times during the final battle scenes. Oh, yeah. They said, he don't okay. splash him, don't splash him, don't oh. get him wet. And he would get wet, and they would have to redo the makeup. Classic, yeah. <laughs> oh, my god. And he said he was so patient. It was so nice. He, didn't, oh. he never got upset about it, but it was five hours of makeup. Oh, my god. That was on his, on his face. And he had prosthetics to move his ears mm-hmm. and I think his eyebrow, mm-hmm. something Dude, like that. I just, it blows my mind every time I think about it. Whenever they do, like, full-scale makeup like this for yeah. movies, I just, how does it take so long? But yeah. Like, yeah. I, There's so much involved. I just can't yeah. believe it. In one scene, the kids all find the ship after riding through a series of water-filled tunnels. The slides were so much fun, the crew even took turns riding them after the film wrapped. Nice. That sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. I would totally do that, yeah. too. The original cut of the film was about seven hours long. <laughs> and there gosh. were a couple of major scenes cut from the film that were left in some televised versions of The Goonies. Some of the material cut was referenced later in the movie, causing some continuity issues. Okay, this Yay. is this is the Here part I go. want to talk about. Yep. Yes. Um, where is that seven-hour cut? Though? I want to see it. I know. <laughs> be so, I know that'd be so cool. So, I think a lot of it's lost, unfortunately. It must be, but like, yeah. what else? <laughs> like, what the hell else could they have filmed seven hours? Uh, yeah. Yep. So when I was a kid, the version of the Goonies that we watched was taped off of TV. I mm-hmm. don't know if it was Disney or whatever. There, you know, it was somebody mm-hmm. showing it without commercials and we taped it off TV and that was what I watched. Yeah. Growing up, it was all I knew. Mm-hmm. And in this televised version, for some unknown reason, <laughs> they left in the deleted scenes. That's they are amazing. flawlessly left into the movie. They weren't wow. like played at the end. That's perfect. Yeah, they were left in where they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with these scenes yeah. in the movie. And when I saw it somewhere else for the first time, I was like, what the heck? Where are the Where are, are the they? Scenes? Yeah. Except for one of these that we're going to talk about. Yeah. One of the gorilla scene I never saw. But the, the, <laughs> yeah. the two that, yeah. As the Goonies follow the treasure map, they find themselves at a restaurant with the Fratellis. At the beginning of this scene, the map that Mikey is holding now has burnt edges for seemingly no reason. This is because there was a deleted scene where Mikey and the rest of the Goonies run into the bully Troy at a gas station. In this scene, Mikey finds a map of Oregon and compares it to the map found in the attic. This map leads the gang to the restaurant. Troy then steals the treasure map from Mikey and lights it on fire. This scene also explained why the two girls, Andy and Steph, suddenly appear at the restaurant as well. They were at the gas station with Troy and decided to ditch him after he was so cruel to the Goonies. Wow. So if you're watching this movie without this scene, the girls just appear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why cut it? Why were they there? This scene, I'm a little annoyed because this scene is actually important to the movie. Yeah. I remember watching it with my siblings and we watched it without it. And my brother was like, how did they know it was at the restaurant? How did they know any of this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They learned all of this from from the gas station because right. they went to look at, where did he get that map? That's so strange to cut something like that. In another famous deleted scene, 
Steph and Mouth are attacked by a giant octopus. In order to save them, Data puts his Walkman into the animal's beak while playing the song Eight Arms to Hold You by the Goon Swan. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> the octopus then moonwalks away. The music video for the song has a stop-motion octopus in it. Yes, it's cute. beautiful. Yes, and this octopus this that's in the movie also yes. is featured heavily in Cindy Lauper's music video for for this movie mm-hmm. too. Yes. So Which, I think they thought it was going to stay in the final cut yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> so this scene I could do without a little more than the other one. Yeah. This, this was a little more like not necessary mm-hmm. except mm-hmm. at the end of the movie when they're talking to the kids on the beach, Data says the octopus was really scary. Mm-hmm. And yes. if you haven't seen the deleted scene, you're kind of like, huh? What are you doing? Yeah. Why like, did he say that? Yeah. Why are you making stuff up now? <laughs> yeah, why? You you just went through an incredible adventure. You don't need to make anything up. Yeah. They they could have like dubbed him over yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. But this scene's weird. This is a weird scene. <laughs> it is weird. Yeah. One even more forgotten scene involved two apes escaping from the zoo. Because the Goonies had messed with the underground pipes. This is from the same scene where they're destroying the pipes at the country yeah. club. This footage is not available or is said to be lost. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, just by reading that little bit, yeah. not really anything to do mm-hmm. with anything else. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's just another consequence of what they're doing. Yeah, it's that a little crazy. That doesn't really affect them. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, because right, yeah, right. you're like, octopus, yeah, maybe you're dealing with, like, you know, on the yeah on the water, but right. ape, you're like... The thing about the octopus that's weird is that it grooves some music, and that's how yes. they get rid of it. That's not <laughs> how you get rid of an octopus? <laughs> uh, survival, Goonies Survival 101. Uh, bring your Walkman, Walkman with you if you're going anywhere near yes. water. So next here, we're going to talk about some of the music of this movie. Yay! It's very lovely. The Goonies has an absolute killer soundtrack, if you didn't already know that. <laughs> yeah. Dave Grusin, the composer responsible for scoring films like Tootsie, The Graduate, and Selena, delivered a score that was equal parts exciting and nostalgic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Selena, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever find yourself in need of an adventurous spirit, listen to the Fratelli Chase music from the beginning of the movie. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Beyond the orchestral score, the Goonies soundtrack is filled with hidden treasures. First, there's a Cindy Lauper single, The Goonies Are Good Enough. Yep. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> which is used in the film. The cast even did a separate shoot for the music video that took place on The Inferno with pro wrestlers appearing in, <laughs> in the video, like Andre the Giant. What will become of poor Cindy now? Don't miss part two, coming soon to MTV near you. The soundtrack also featured Eight Arms to Hold You by the Goon Squad and songs by The Bangles, REO Speedwagon, and Joseph Williams of the band Toto. All right, next we're going to talk about the cast. What a fantastic cast. One of the things that made the Goonies so special was its perfect casting. Richard Donner remarked that the whole cast was fantastic at improv. While the actors had lines, he could also throw anything at them. A line, an action, practically anything, and the kids and adults would roll with it because they were so in tune with how their characters would react. Cool. So the first one we have is Sean Astin as Mikey, or Michael Walsh. 
Yay, Sean Astin. We, of course, know him from The Lord of the Rings and Stranger Things. And Rudy. Yeah, there's so much list goes on. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love Sean Astin. Top tier. (laughs) Sean thought he completely botched his audition, forgetting lines and even saying shit when he made a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) Steven Spielberg reportedly walked out of the audition, leaving Astin with Richard Donner, who then consoled him. Aston got the part anyway, and it was his acting debut. He was incredibly nervous, and in one scene actually calls Brand by his real name, Josh. It's in the final cut of the movie. Oh, no. Is it really? It is. They're arguing about, (laughs) they're at the Fratelli's restaurant, and he mikey has come across the basement yeah and he was like there's something down there and he said there's nothing down there he goes there is something down there josh (laughs) oh oh my gosh snap wow his mom unfortunately threw out the original map that was painstakingly made by the production designer j michael reva she thought it was just a crumpled piece of paper Horrible. Uh, Horrible. It's so sad. Oh, it's so sad. Also, Sean Astin, when he bombed that that audition, you know, he goes in there, he's just a little kid, and uh, he's walking down the hallway with Steven Spielberg's assistant, and his assistant was like, are you you nervous? And Sean Astin said, yeah. And he was like, why? And Sean Astin said, I don't know. What do you think? And, and And the assistant said, well, it's probably because you're about to meet the most important man in Hollywood. <laughs> and he opened the door and just put him in there. Oh, my God. Oh, rude. You know? <laughs> That's kind of mean. I know. Seriously. Thought, like, maybe he should have given me some nice, like, wisdom. Yeah, like, no, you, sh- you shouldn't be upset. Just be like, yourself just, and everything will be yeah. okay. You know, that kind of, no. Next, we have Corey Feldman as Mouth or Clark Devereaux. What a a name. Okay. Yeah. We also know him well for Stand By Me. And so many other things. So many. The Lost Boys, Mm -hmm. Gremlins. He's in Gremlins, too. Yeah. In a People magazine article, he said that not a day passes that someone doesn't bring up Goonies and that he still feels like a big Goonie. (laughs) Aw. Jeff Cohen as Chunk or Lawrence Cohen. Which I think is kind of funny. Nice. nice. Yeah. It's cute how they That's, do that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So he actually appeared on Family Ties a few times, and he is now a lawyer. He has retired from acting. Aha. Uh-huh. Some parts of the Goonies have not aged well, including the scene with the iconic truffle shuffle. Uh, Some people find yes. this a little tough to watch. Yeah. Some people love it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, mm-hmm. it's very yeah. well known, at mm-hmm. least. Cohen says that he actually got chicken pox just before filming the movie, but didn't tell producers because he was afraid of getting fired. Oh, no. (laughs) He claims that you can see some spots when he lifts up his shirt. (laughs) Cohen was self-conscious about doing the shuffle, so Richard Donner cleared the set to make him feel more comfortable. Chunk is always eating during the movie, and because of this, Cohen actually got sick from eating too much whipped cream. Oh, man. (laughs) poor kid dang yeah oh my goodness (laughs) in one scene chunk cries while the fratellis threaten to put his hand in a blender he rattles off a string of confessions to past misdeeds 
as tears rolled down his cheeks. In third grade, I cheated on my history exam. In fourth grade, I stole my Uncle Max's toupee and I glued it on my face when I played Moses in my Hebrew school play. In fifth grade, I knocked my sister Edie down the stairs and I blamed it on the dog. These lines were largely improvised, and Cohen added names of people that he knew, giving them a little shout-out. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was watching the commentary, and there were a lot of times when the other cast members, because his experience was wildly different yeah. than everybody else's, because they were all together as a group, and, and mm-hmm. Chunk is separated from the group like mm-hmm. pretty much the whole movie. They were asking him, like, did this scar you? And every time he go, yes, it did. <laughs> every time. Aww. Yeah. He also gets put in the trunk with the dead body. If you guys remember, he's in the oh, right. freezer yes. with the dead body. Mm-hmm. And, of course, a dead body is not a dummy. Yeah. It's played by a real person. Mm-hmm. And Richard Donner just kept having him. Like, he's like, hit him. Like, you know, I got to make yeah. sure he's alive. Make sure he's really dead. Make sure he's really dead. And finally, the dead body, like, snapped up and was like, Dick, we got to stop. This kid's beating the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Kihue Kwan played Data. Or Richard Wang, also well known for his role in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom as Short Round. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has since retired from acting. Aww. Yeah. In one scene, as rocks begin to fall on the Goonies, Data shouts, Holy S-H-I-T. <laughs> Apparently, his mother told him that he could never cuss, not even in, in a movie. So he spelled the word instead. <laughs> oh, wow. A couple of times in the movie, Mikey and Data have a funny exchange about booty slash booby traps. <laughs> According to Aston, he and Key came up with that joke themselves. Nice. Yeah. Classic. It's such a it's a well delivered joke because yeah. at first I think Mikey is the one that says booty traps. Yeah. And Data says booby traps. And he goes, That's what I said, booby traps. And then later on, yeah. Data says booty traps. And he, he says, a- he said, you mean booby traps? Well, that's what I said, booby traps. <laughs> it's perfect. Yes. That's very good. <laughs> In one scene, the kids are watching the Fratellis carry a dead body out of the restaurant. Data says, I am wondering, what is in the bag? You know, I'm wondering what is in the bag. Uh- the line made the entire cast break into laughter during the DVD commentary, and Martha Plimpton says it is her favorite line in the film. <laughs> <laughs> it is... It the way he delivers it is perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's so obvious what's in the bag. What? Yeah, yeah. Just, he's like a detective who already knows that that's for sure a body in there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's just that, like, and he's yeah, asking them like, hmm, yeah. "Did you guys think this was a good idea? Maybe you think this yeah. was a good idea yeah. coming here?" Carrie Green as Andy, or Andrea Teresa Carmichael. She was also in Summer Rental, but Green has retired from acting as well. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> yep. I mean, a lot of child actors, I yeah, think, don't end up do. not... I mean, if they want to do other stuff, yeah. go for it. Yeah. Green was incredibly nervous about filming her kissing scenes, especially a scene with Sean Astin, who was about four years her junior. Green was 18 at the time and felt wrong kissing a young teenage boy. Yeah, she felt like it was yeah. just icky. Yeah, Aww. maybe She's a little like, bit. She's I'm a, I'm a yeah. woman now. I shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Martha Plimpton as Steph, or Stephanie Steinbrenner. One of her most recent roles was in the TV series Raising Hope. Yeah, yeah. Martha Plimpton still acts pretty yeah. regularly. Yeah. Plimpton jokes about her role in the film, noting that as the film progresses, she is in fewer scenes. Yeah. <laughs> While filming the movie, Richard Donner reportedly told her that he would give her $100 if she stopped biting her nails. 
On the DVD commentary, she brings this up, and Donna rewards her with $100 from his pocket. <laughs> That's perfect. That's wonderful. It's, it's so cute because she mentions it, and then she shows him her hand, and he just reaches into his front shirt pocket, just pulls out $100. Oh, my god! He goes, here you go. And he says, I've got uh, several other $100 bills in here for all the things I asked you boys to do, which I know that none of you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's amazing. <laughs> Next, we have John Matuzik as Sloth or Lotney Fratelli. Matuzik was a 6-7 defensive end for the Oakland Raiders, which explains why he wears a Raiders jersey in the film. Later, he wears a Superman shirt in honor of Donner's earlier films, Superman and Superman 2. Yeah. That also explains why he's an absolute beast (laughs) giant man he's so So... strong yeah he was not able to eat with the prostheses on he had to have smoothies through a straw oh man yeah the guys playing the other fratelli brothers would tease him as they were able to eat hamburgers and other (laughs) fun foods (laughs) i was literally picturing that in that in my head before you said it yeah people would just be eating junk in front of him and he's like gah <laughs> yeah. Although Sloth's scenes are some of the most troubling in the film, as he is a man that has endured abuse at the hands of his family, the character is beloved by millions of fans. His iconic line, Hey, you guys, is synonymous with the Goonies. Matuzik passed away almost exactly four years after the film was released. Yeah. Watching the commentary. Martha Plimpton mentioned it too. She said, I mm-hmm. really still, I have a hard time watching some of these scenes because yeah. they're so awful to him. Mm-hmm. And the idea that he's a monster, I mean, obviously the way they go about it is not like the best and maybe it would be totally different now. At least there's that nice message of like, the kids love him. Yeah. He's awesome. Right. He's, they do. Yeah. 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 He just, he's a wonderful, nice character. He just, you know, an unbelievably sad life. Yeah. Locked up in the basement. Horrible and, family. And, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Josh Brolin played Brand. And ah. I remember thinking, wow, he's yeah. cute. We were watching that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. Oh, boy. He played Brand or Brandon Walsh. This film was Josh Brolin's acting debut. He has since appeared in No Country for Old Men, Men in Black 3, and, of course, the MCU as Thanos. Mm-hmm. What? A difference. <laughs> what a rise. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. Brolin, son of James Brolin, who was in the original Westworld, if anybody has mm-hmm. seen that, wanted to be a serious actor. For one scene in the tunnels, he got really into the scene and wanted to start climbing the walls. When he told Richard Donner about the idea, Donner reportedly said, you could do that, or you could just read the lines. <laughs> 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 He was taking the role so seriously. Yeah. That Richard Donner's just like, could you just say the line? I think I think we'll be okay. Yeah, that, that's enough. wow. We'll just Amazing. Do, how about yeah. we, we'll do your thing. We'll do your thing. Let's just do one take of my thing. Let's <laughs> 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 just, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you we'll know, see which one's yeah. better. <laughs> Might be in the movie, uh, but psh, I mean, but we'll do yours for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he would be perfect in another movie like Airplane. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They should do a movie like that with him in it. And he yeah. can be the serious, but it's still hilarious character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. The next characters didn't 
weren't as big, but we still, uh, we're going to mention them here. Robert Davi as Jake Fratelli. Joe Pantoliano as Francis Fratelli. They called him Joey Pants. Oh. <laughs> and these guys, these guys got really into their characters. Yeah. yeah. And uh, acted like they really hated each other on set. Amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Anne Ramsey as Mama Fratelli. She only died a few years later, but she oh. was an, she was an Oscar nominee at some point. Wow. Lupe Ontiveros as Rosalita. Oh, Rosalita, the unsung hero of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mary Ellen Trainer as Mrs. Walsh and Keith Walker as Mr. Walsh. Aw, there will be no signing today. Yeah. <laughs> Not ever. <laughs> so we'll talk about how this film was received. Yeah. Yeah. Quite well, I bet. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The Goonies truly gained its popularity after its initial release. But that doesn't mean that it was initially a flop. The movie was in the top 10 highest grossing films of 1985, a year that boasted Back to the Future and Beverly Hills Cop. Roger Ebert gave the movie three stars, saying, More things happen in this movie than in six ordinary action films. (laughs) There's not just a thrill a minute. There's a thrill, a laugh, a shock, and a special effect. The screenplay has all the kids talking, all at once, all the time. And there were times, especially in the first reel, when I couldn't understand much of what they were saying. The movie needs to be played loud and with extra treble. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Heck yeah. I love that. Oh my god, he's so right. In December of 2020, the cast and Richard Donner reunited via the internet with some special guests and performed a live read of The Goonies for Charity. We will link to it if you'd like to watch it. Yeah. That sounds yeah. great. Yeah. Cool. Marcy and I watched it yeah, live. Yeah, we did. We watched it live. Yeah, we sure did. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the reading, the group invited the audience to recite the Goonie Pledge, making everyone present an honorary Goonie. Yes. Oh, how cute is yeah. that? It's been 36 years since the release of this fantastic movie. It has been almost as long that rumors have swirled about a sequel. In 1987, when the Goonies 2 video game was released, it followed a new story where the children were kidnapped by the Fratellis. This led to speculation of a new movie. Unfortunately, Spielberg did not find a storyline that he felt would justify a sequel. And Jeff Cohen, according to Film School Rejects, has said that Warner Brothers has not been willing to let the property go. This has resulted in budget problems and made it even harder to push for a sequel. Yeah. Big studios causing problems. <laughs> Many other projects, such as comic books and animated series, were planned, but they also did not come to fruition. There is a novelization, though, at least. Yes, that's true. And that would have been so cool to have a Goonies cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah, would be that interesting. Been, yeah. Corey Feldman said of Richard Donner, he's the driving force behind it. He says it's still alive. But as we all know, when you get to that age, things slow down quite a bit. There is a big possibility that he might not want to keep driving it. So I think without him, it doesn't happen. And every day that passes, that he doesn't do it, there is less and less chance that it is ever going to happen at all. And unfortunately, with this in mind, there may never be a Goonies sequel as the entire cast, it seems, is too loyal to continue without Donner. I kind of, at this point, I don't really blame them. Yeah. 
because the one piece that they wanted was Donna, right? Mm-hmm. But not only that, it's like it would have to be an entirely new set of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I mean they wanted to do it right and they couldn't find a right way to do mm-hmm. it and that's why they didn't. Do yeah, it. I mean, yeah. and that's okay. Yeah, We're okay, and with that's that. okay. You know, yeah. it's all right. <laughs> Talking to you, Hollywood. Yeah, it's really yeah. it's okay. You know, they they didn't find the way they wanted it to be done. And, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's sad, but unfortunately, the year 2020 hit hard for a Goonies inspired television series by Sarah Watson for Fox. Even though Spielberg and Donner had greenlit it, we found out in May that it was also not meant to be. Dang, man. Yeah. Yeah. A Goonies TV show. And and the premise of this show is interesting. I think it was a teacher helping a student recreate the Goonies. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's a different spin, which would have been cool. Would have been interesting. Yeah. Would have been an interesting, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would have watched it, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So next is the section with cool bits that had nowhere else to go. Yes. So they're right here. There is a Gremlins reference when the officer is talking on the phone. He mentions little creatures that multiply when you get them wet. Yeah. There's lots of connections, obviously. Chris Columbus wrote Gremlins. Mm -hmm. Corey Feldman starred in Gremlins. Yes. The jailhouse that the Fratelli brothers break out of has since been turned into the Oregon Film Museum where they have memorabilia from movies that were filmed in the area. That's awesome. That is yeah. super cool. That's cool. I would rather go there yes. than the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Richard Donner plays a cameo role at the end of the film as one of the officers that discovers the kids on the beach. Well, I'll be damned. It's them goobers. They were here a minute ago. But they're here now, Dan. Cole Harvey. Yes, sir. The entire scene was filmed with cameos as the kids were permitted to have their real family members appear on the beach. Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, that was pretty sweet. It was cool. I love this scene. Obviously, this is like the triumphant scene of the movie. The Mm -hmm. kids have escaped, and they're just just so relieved to be alive. (laughs) (laughs) And their parents are all there waiting for them. And in real life, their real parents are there, you know, giving them hugs. And not every kid had a guardian or a parent there, but Mm -hmm. the ones that did... You know, they were allowed. No. The film is filled with close-ups of the kids holding items. In every single one, the hands are not the kids' hands. They would have adult doubles hold items instead. Yes. Wow. That's very what? interesting. Every time you saw, there's a scene where Mikey picks up a, a booby trap line. That's, yeah. that's an adult woman's hand. Oh, my God. Wow. The scene where he's flipping up the eye patch and sees one I will is that, yeah. That's ah. Yeah, so all adults... Wow. With, yeah, relatively the same like, size hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one here, super cool. And we yeah. should bring it back. Yeah. In 2010, the mayor of Astoria named June 4th as the official day to celebrate the Goonies. Yay! Woo! We should celebrate Heck that yeah. annually. We should. Yes. We should. Goonies Day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything you guys want to say about the Goonies? I don't remember exactly when the first time you showed it to me was. I don't remember mm-hmm. if it was college or if it was before that, mm. but I've always remembered it. <laughs> there there have been movies that I've seen, whether you showed them to me or, or whoever, where, you know, it's like, oh, that movie was pretty good, but then you don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. The Goonies was one of the movies that always stuck with me for whatever reason. I just, the whole experience, this whole adventure, 
that feels so real. And yeah. you kind of go with these kids as if you were their friend also, like yeah. you were a Goonie too. Yeah. It, it's unlike anything else that I can think of. And I love that very mm-hmm. much. Yeah. I, this movie, it's, it's like my whole childhood in a, in a movie. Yeah. It makes me cry every time I watch it, especially the end. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The music's so beautiful and they're mm-hmm. watching the ship go by. Holy Mary, mother of God. Look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at Calvin Point and what appears to be a pirate ship. You know, I just, I love it. I love that scene. The parents are so like, what the hell? You know, like, <laughs> oh my God, this was real? This really happened? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they, the parents accept it pretty quickly, honestly. When they see that money, they're like, hell yeah, never uh, mind. Sick. Okay, yeah. Right? They don't even ask questions yeah. after that. They're, they're like, they're, okay. they don't, they don't, they aren't even like, hey, let's go have this appraised. No, like, no, no. They don't sure. even, no, they just know. They're <laughs> they, like, not signing today, not ever. <laughs> they also didn't go, hey, anyone got a boat handy? <laughs> so we can like go catch that ship. Yeah, can we go it? get that yeah. ship maybe? Nobody's yeah. sailing it, so it's just gonna kinda drift out there. It's we gonna can... drift out there and also it's filled with treasure. Yeah. Like yeah. absolutely filled with it. <laughs> I like to think maybe they got it. They got it back and yeah. my, <laughs> my two to... my two versions that I will accept only is that they went to go get it and that w- that is what made it enough money to save everyone's <laughs> house. Yeah. Or the ship drifted out of you and maybe sank somewhere else. But the mm-hmm. Fratellis did not get it yes. either way, and that's yep. the important bit. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. this I mean, what can you even say more about this movie? <laughs> it's just, <laughs> like you said, it's got it's got everything. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's basically moved beyond its cult status to become a true 80s classic. Yeah. You know, there are a bunch of ones out there like Terminator or Stand By Me, you know, other super 80s classics that everyone knows. I think Goonies stands with them yeah. easily. To us, The Goonies is the quintessential adventure film. It tapped into the sense of adventure that sits within all of us. This movie runs rampant with the untamed energy of childhood, something that every kid can relate to and that every adult can remember. It's funny, strange, awkward, exciting, and sometimes even scary. The Goonies feels like a story we might have imagined with our figurines as kids, or a play we might have acted out in our living rooms for our polite and exhausted parents. (laughs) (laughs) This film was made with uninhibited excitement and love, and has been enjoyed by audiences with that same enthusiasm for over 35 years. We don't love The Goonies because it's perfect, because, well, it's not perfect. But this film gives us the chance to stop and imagine a world where the bad guys lose the outcasts win, and where the greatest adventures are right under our noses. So I guess what we're trying to say is that the Goonies are good enough. And thank you, Richard Donner, for sharing your treasure with us. Mm, yep. Honestly, thank you to everyone mm-hmm. who made the movie. You know, I think that is another case closed. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Our first clap of the season. Uh, of the season. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I forward to more of that. And it was perfect. Yeah. That was all on point. Good job, guys. Aww. That's Clean. the yeah, beginning of season six. Woo. Yeah. Hopefully this is the best season of the BCD yet. Yeah. That's hopefully. right. Who knows? Probably I'm, not. We're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just oh. get ready for Adventure August. It's going to be lit. 
That's oh, yeah. that's right. <laughs> if did I use that word right? Am I am I uh, hip you... with the kids? <laughs> I don't think any of us are hip with the kids. No, I don't think so. But that's <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> Uh, before we go, we'd like to thank our patrons, Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelley, Linda, Bob, and Carlos. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. We yes. really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. You can now buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com slash Diary. Thank you to all that support us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating. And we were up for a podcast award, and if you voted for us, we really, really appreciate it. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes. We probably would have mentioned it in an episode sooner. Yes. But it happened to fall on during our break. Our break so yeah. yeah. That's we didn't that. expect that to happen. Yeah. Oh, well. But when this releases, there will still be one day left to vote. So That's right. If you're listening to this episode before August 6th, or there's a link on our website. That's yes. right. There's yeah. a banner right at the top. So yeah, you just so. go there and it's the first thing. Yeah. BlackEastDiaries.com. So thank you so much, everyone. And... Goonies never say die? Yeah. Goonies never say die. Good enough. (laughs) It's good enough. (laughs) See ya. I will I'm never betray, betray my goondock friends. We, we will stick together until the whole world ends. Through heaven and hell and nuclear war, good, good pals like us will stick like tar. In the city or the country or the forest or the boonies, I am proudly declared a fellow goonie. There you go. Now, but, now we're goonies. Yeah. Now. But, but, but war and tar don't rhyme. <laughs> <laughs>